Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am thrilled that you guys are here with us today. Today, we're going to be talking with somebody who is an expert in helping you understand how to plan for success in your business. The type of success that you imagine that you can have, but there's a gap between where you are today and actually getting there. Our guest has written numerous books on the topic. Dean and I are very, very happy to have him with us. Um, and before we welcome our guest to the show, I see him coming into the studio, galloping into the studio, actually, today on his white noble steed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, the one, the only bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, Mr. Dean Holland. <laughs> oh, there we go. It is good to be back. How are you doing, James? <laughs> I am excellent. How are you, Dean? Galloping into the studio today. Yeah, you're extra excited today. I haven't seen you gallop on the horse in quite a while. Right. Well, clearly we haven't spoken for a while. I must have forgot how much I dislike spending time with you. Of course. Of course. <laughs> and, that's, and that's why I'm so grateful that we have a guest here, because if we didn't, I'd have to spend the whole show talking to you. Right. And that would be terrible. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, uh, so, so I, I'm actually super excited uh, for a yeah. guest today because uh, he wrote a book called World's Greatest Business Plan. And really, it's you know, something that everybody needs to help them create a step-by-step -step plan for how to succeed in their business. And, and I know with, you know, all the entrepreneurs and business owners that I talk to, so many of them are running their business on a wing and a prayer. Right. And while I appreciate that courage and that, uh, the guts to do that, <laughs> I also know that this, the startup game is very tough. Like many, many businesses fail Right. Um, and you know the saying that if you fail to plan, that means you're planning to fail. Indeed. And so, so I'm very excited for our guest, uh, Sean Castrina. Welcome to the show. So awesome to have you here. Thanks for putting up with Dean. And if you don't want to talk to him directly, that's okay. You don't have to. Uh, we're all good. We're all good. <laughs> so, uh, so Sean, let me ask you this. Your, your passion for helping people plan out their business where did that come from originally? Did that come from some failures in your own experience? Did it come from failures from other people? Or is it just common sense? Or like, why did all of this happen to begin with? Yeah, first, you know, when I wrote my first book, which was called The Eight Unbreakable Rules for Business Startup Success, I was on a beach vacation with my roommates from college and their families. Every year I treat my roommates and their families. We rent a, a house on the beach and we hang out for a week and we've been doing it for years. So I, I just wanted to write down like what I wish I would have known at the time, you know, I wish I would have known at the time I did it, what I know now, you know, looking back. And so I kind of wrote out about, you know, 80 to 100 sentences on just one things I would have liked to have learned. And that became the eight unbreakable rules. And then going back, the one thing that I constantly, you know, helping people start businesses, I'm shocked 
how people write a business plan. They do it completely wrong. And so I wrote, I bought the entire first page. I have it to the left of me of all the business, the business plan books on Amazon, bought every one of them. And one is worse than the next. Yeah. And the reason why they are either they're written by a professor who hasn't ever started a business. So he understands the intellectual part of it, but he doesn't understand, you know, real life and how it works or, you know, they're 350 pages and no entrepreneur has that kind of patience or it just has exercises in it that you don't really need. So when I, mm. I started looking at these, I'm like, there's gotta, you know, I've never gone that my business plans have never been that long. And the one thing that I learned in all these business plan books and I found is that they start with the premise that the business is going to succeed. Mm. So what they do is you have this idea. Okay. I want to open up a party store because I think it's a great idea. So the equal sign is successful party store, 200 pages down there. And then you reverse engineer the business plan to make that work. Right. Mine does right. the complete opposite. Mine right. Because most people, like most business plans, they're like, okay, so our first year we're going to make $1 million in revenue. The second year we're going to make, we're going to double that. Then we're going to make two. Then we're going to make four. And it's just like, wow, that's, that's so beautiful. And, right. And <laughs> I don't even do a financial forecast in my business plan because I tell the people it's a fantasy. Mm -hmm. You cannot predict at all what your company is going to bring in. So let's, let's start with zero. Because that's the yeah. only number I can guarantee you is zero. <laughs> right. That's true. Right? I mean, that's the only finite guarantee I can give you. So my business plan, we, 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 you know, it hits you in the mouth. Like there's 25 key questions and it hits you in the mouth on like question two on. And you may get the number seven and realize your business is not, it's not ready for the marketplace. Right. In other words, if I talk you out of starting a business, I feel like I succeeded every bit as much is getting you to the end and you starting a business. Cause I saved you a lot of money and a lot of aggravation. And if my business yeah. plan book can make your business plan crumble, then the marketplace is going to beat it to death. Man, there's no the chance truth. of survival. <laughs> I yeah, love that. If, if my book can make your business crumble, what's the real world going to do to it? Yeah, as <laughs> the great, awesome. as a legendary entrepreneur, Mike Tyson said, Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. That's absolutely <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So we, well, we try to do that early. Why? So, so I think you, you hinted at this with, you know, kind of the, the variety of information that really is out there to help you create a business plan. It's either, you know, just going to take you five years and you're like, man, by the time I create this business plan, the idea will have gone stale. And for most entrepreneurs, they will have lost interest or, it just feels, uh, it feels so out of touch with reality that you don't even know why you're answering the questions and it just kind of, kind of feels like you're filling in the blanks. Yeah, this what? is very practical. And I set it out over 30 days. So for people like me that are just, you know, want organization, it's 25 critical areas and we do want, you can, it's laid out over 30 days. So okay. at the end of 30 days, you will absolutely have, you know, if you're, if you make it through it and if you, you know, you stand up to the punching at the end of 30 days, you will have a business plan that you can confidently run with. Awesome. All right. So, so I want to get into some of those questions in a second, unpack a few of them, okay. but for, for people listening who are still skeptics about why bother even creating a business plan. Cause I know so many entrepreneurs yeah. who are just like, Oh, let's just, let's just go for it. Figure it what? out as we go figure it out as we go. Exactly. Like, you know, how many times Dean have you heard 
people applaud people say, oh, well, the entrepreneur is a person who jumps out of the plane and builds their parachute on the way down. Right, all the like, time. I'm pretty sure <laughs> a lot of those say, people die as well. They the ones that splattered, though. They, they <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Leave, you know, hey, you know what? It worked once for me, but 999 got killed trying this. Yeah, so it must be good. So, okay, so before we get into unpacking some of the questions that people really need to consider, can you speak to the value of creating the plan in the first yeah. place? Just like pre-frame that for everybody. Yeah. Well, statistically, they have proven statistically you're twice as likely to succeed just with the mere discipline of doing a business plan. That's a statistical fact. So that just the very, just having the very discipline to do one says something about you. And number two is, is that if I'm going to build a house, okay, and I can be as entrepreneurial as I want. The one thing I always tell people, entrepreneurs take risks, but we stack the deck right. to the point where we would cheat if we could. Okay, we want to stack everything in our favor. But the simple illustration is if I was going to build a house, I wouldn't go to the lot and just start building. Yes, right. I would, yes. you know, I would draw out what I wanted this house to look like first. Wait, you'd put it, you'd, you'd create a blueprint? You're telling me yeah, you'd God create forbid. a blueprint. I know, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, it's the only thing where we <laughs> wouldn't do that. You know, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, even if we go to do a vacation, I mean, we spend enough, we, you know, we know, okay, we're going to go here. We're going to stay in that hotel. Can take us this long to get there probably need this amount of money this is kind of what we're going to do every day i'm saying hey listen just put as much time as you did into planning your vacation into your startup yeah. and you'll have a better chance of succeeding no doubt it's funny when you say it out loud because it's so true but it sounds so insane yeah like it sounds when you say it in that way you're like surely people don't do this yet we see it every day we know this happens <laughs> Yeah. And, and I think what they do is they do segments of a business plan on like a legal pad and don't realize they're trying to create one without creating one. Mm. But the problem is they're only picking the things that, that they think is important. And, and the business plan has to threaten the survival of the business. It has to question critical things because if not, you, 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 you know, you, you're holding a hand of like, you know, you got like playing jack, blackjack, you got 16 and you somehow think it's a winning hand, but everybody else will tell you statistically that, you know what, you may lose 70% of it. You know, right. you got it. Yeah. You know, there are, there is logic to starting a business and you need to kind of, you know, follow that. Right. Do you right. think there's like, a, um, do you think there's a huge component here that the majority of people starting out wouldn't even know where to begin with a business plan? No, I absolutely. That's why I did mine just with 25 simple questions and, and they, and they just make sense. Like I don't go, okay, we're, we're going to spend 40 pages on a marketing plan. I, I ask you four questions over four pages. And then I say at the end of it, okay, you just finished your marketing plan. Like, guess what? Right. I didn't even tell you, but it's done. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and so I, I make it, I, I drag them through it in a very effortless way. And then at the end, they have all the key components. And then I put a bonus chapter in there, you know, how they can pitch it to investors and partners. So, you know, in 151 pages, I give them everything that I've ever needed over 25 years of starting businesses, the system that I've used, and it, it works well. Well, so, all right. So I'm, I'm dying to get into some of these questions now, because yes. I want to like, at least hear a couple of these questions. So you said yeah. we, we get punched in the face in question number two. Yeah, I feel like we yeah, might yeah. need that question right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's simple and it's stupid, but it, why do you believe this business idea will succeed? Don't give me any data yet because we're going to get into that. But I want you to pitch it to me. Right. 
tell me what made you think this would work. Every business that I've ever started, I can give you my genesis moment of why I thought it would be a great idea. Mm. And we'll test it later, but I just, because the business plan has to achieve one critical thing. You must be convinced and confident that it can work. So I want you just to tell it. Let's pretend we're sitting at the dinner table and you tell me, hey, look, and I'm looking to thinking about starting such and such. Well, great. Why? Yeah. Why this business? Yeah. Well, and I think this is, this is a really interesting point, uh, Sean, because you could start any number of businesses, right? You could start, you know, business A, B, C, D, you know, infinite number of businesses, but if you're going to put all of your time and focus and resource and energy and everything into this one, you must have some good reason for believing why that one is better than all of the other ones that you could be involved with. Absolutely. I mean, I want to know, you know, why you think it's going to work. And then I'm going to ask you, you know, you can go all the way through, but okay, let's assume this is the business you want to start. What makes you stand out to your competition? In other words, why would somebody, and I word it like this, why would somebody buy from you over your competition? Now we can make that really fancy because that's, you know, our competitive advantage, but a startup person doesn't know that. Just tell me why I'm going to buy from you as opposed to your competition. Just, just tell me. I want, I'm curious. Why? Yeah. Mm. I, I feel like then you, sometimes you get people who are like, and this is, this to me is a red flag, but I want, I'm curious to hear what yeah. you guys think. Some people are like, well, I don't have competition. Everybody has competition. If you're that big of a blue ocean, please send me an email at Sean at SeanCasparina.com. I'm in. If that that ocean is that blue. Yeah. Send me an email. Well, and and the thing in front of an angel investor right now. Well, (laughs) the other thing about the other, my other take on that as well is you might not have direct competition necessarily but you might have loads of indirect competition, right? Some people might be trying to do things themselves instead of buying your product. There could be other ways of solving the same problem, even though it's not the exact same thing. It's like if, if people have a need that they're trying to meet, they're probably already meeting the need somehow. And that way of they're currently doing it is the competition. Yeah. And 99 out of a hundred businesses are, are just redoing something that somebody else is doing. Maybe they're doing right. it in a unique way, but I mean, very few ideas are new under the sun. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, in fairness, Google wasn't even the first search engine. Right. right. And Facebook you was know? not the first social media no, platform. No, not at all. So that's what people fail to, to realize. And, and eBay really had a much more of a head start against Amazon from the retail standpoint. I mean, I remember when eBay was a lot bigger, you know, yeah. in, 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 in mind, you know, where you thought you could get a good value online right. and Amazon, there's no comparison. There. Yeah. 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 No, that, that's absolutely true. I can't remember the last time I went on to eBay, but I'm on Amazon yeah. like four times a week, at least. <laughs> exactly. Four times yeah, a day. Exactly. So <laughs> I, when I tell people competition is fine. The great thing about competition is it tells you that this business can work. Right. Yeah. They've already vetted it for you. Yeah, you I'll be honest. I'm, I'm, I, I get freaked out if there's no competition. I, I'm, I'm more inclined Absolutely. not to pursue that just on the fact I can't see anyone else doing this. Well, because competition, <laughs> yeah. competition demonstrates that there's a market. It's exactly. vetted. The idea has been vetted. Yeah. So you just have to carve out a, you know, a unique selling position that your competition doesn't have. It's a simple question. It's not fancy. Why am I going to buy from you 
as opposed mm-hmm. to company B. You can you can word that in some great you know wording. To me, I don't know how better. Why? Yeah. Can you get it to me faster? Is there a better price? Do you offer better service? Do you have more add-ons? Are you more of an industry leader? Can am I going to get better customer service, more personal service? You can go on and on, whatever that case may be, but there has to be a reason why I want to buy from you and not my competition. And I ask you that very early on because these are the things that make me know that you have a business, you know, it's going to make you know that you have a good idea because if you're struggling with that and the only thing you can come up with is, well, I'm going to be cheaper. Well, that that's the worst answer. Yeah. Because only one person can be the cheapest and they typically don't last long. Right. And in order to win at that game, you've got to be like Walmart and have the most insane. Exactly. It never works for the startup. No, no, you 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 don't have have the buying power. You got to have size to be low in price. Yeah. So, okay. So that, so that's a great question. So somebody says, all right, so why? And then they come up with a few answers. How do they know whether those are good answers or not? Because you, you ask, well, one is that you have to ask yourself, would this compel you to buy? Mm. Maybe you do go to SurveyMonkey, do one, sur- you know, some survey questions or, or post it on Facebook. Like, okay, of all these, what would be the one that would motivate you to buy between point? You can, you know, this day and age, you can, you can survey, but this is what I have found that works every time. I'm going to give you a what if. Every business, almost every business I can think of, the founder, whether they realized it or not, started with a what if. And the what if is this. You know, uh, what if I could do such and such so good that you would buy from me? Like an example. It, the example would be um, uh, like Southwest Airlines. What if I could give you a direct flight to all the major cities in Texas? Would that, would that interest you? Well, it clearly was a very FedEx. What if I could get you, what if I can get a package anywhere in the world overnight? Would you buy from me? Mm. Mm. Pretty good. Amazon. Right. What if I can give you the largest bookstore in the world? Mm. I'll give you Amazon, how, how it started. Uh, you go with uh, uh, Apple. You know, what if I can give you a phone? You know what I mean? They can blah, 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 blah. Bill Gates, you know, with Microsoft. What if I can create a software that can make the computer in your house functional and usable and valuable? I can create a software to make that. Because you remember back then, 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 you had like the Commodore computer and you'd type an A, B, C, D, and then a couple letters. I mean, it had no possible function or value for any typical person. Computers were only for NASA, the government, and banks. Right. Yeah. And Bill Gates said, what if we can make a computer functional so that you have one in every desk and in every home in America? Yeah. I like that. I love this. I love that idea of the what if question. Yeah. Just one big one. Yeah. What if we could offer a taxi service where you didn't have to pay a taxi? Yeah. What if we could create one where you were, or what if we can allow you to have your car be a business? You can reverse it in both ways that they looked at it. I mean, mm-hmm. what if we can make, give you a business that you could start making money today within an hour with something you already have? That's a what if. Yeah. Yeah, Every business has to have such a compelling what if that that customers would chase, and this is the key, chase you down for your business. Mm. That that type of that you want a value proposition that's that strong. That right. when somebody hears it, go, wow, you could do that. Domino's pizza. What if we could get you a hot pizza in 30 minutes or less? 
That made them the number one pizza delivery company in the world. They had one. What about Little Caesars? What if we could give you two pizzas for the price of one? Oh, by the way, you got to come pick it up. That made that it made Little Caesars so so you know a top four pizza place. And by the way, the owner had enough money to buy the Detroit Tigers baseball team, so it worked out okay for him. He didn't need to be number one. He didn't need to be number two. Didn't need to be number three. I'll just take a nice steady number four. Right. Okay, but his value proposition is two for one. Yeah. What if I can give you two pizzas for one? Oh, by the way, you need to come pick it up. That's fine. No problem. I'll be right over. So you can do it in any direction you want, but your what if has to be so compelling that not only excites you, but it's going to excite the marketplace. Yeah. I love, you know what I, I love, love what, as well, like the what if statement could almost like, almost sounds like your, your headline for your offer as well. It is. And it becomes everything. This is the thing that's amazing though, guys. This then creates your branding position. This then be, creates your entire marketing campaign. Think about it. What is Geico's what if? What if we could lower your car insurance? Their branding position. We can do it, you know, give us 15 minutes and we'll, and we'll give it, you know, give us 15 minutes and we'll lower your car insurance by 15% or more. That's their, that is their, that is their value proposition that they're offering to customers. If you give us 15 minutes, we will probably lower your car insurance. They do a, they do an attention grabber where they'll show you a caveman, but they always pivot to their value proposition, which is give mm -hmm. us 15 minutes, we'll save you money on car insurance. They, that's all they say in their commercial. They get your attention, deliver their value proposition, which they believe is, what if we could save money? If we, what if we can get people to save money on their car insurance? That is their what if. Well, give us 15 it, minutes. And it's crazy to hear you say that too, because they've had that same campaign for what, 15 30 years? 30 years. 30 years? 30, yeah, yeah, one thing, 15, <laughs> give us 15 minutes. Well, who's the, who's the person that's offering, what if we could make you an ad campaign that lasts for generations? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, the, the point is, is that yeah. you're, that, that's still a very valuable proposition. Now you think about it. Now you can take, go the other end of it because now you've got, uh, oh golly, what's the insurance company that's doing it now? Lincoln. Uh, no, is it? Oh, Liberty, Liberty Mutual. Mutual. Yeah. Okay. What's theirs now? We're going to customize your car insurance. That's they, they jar your attention with the guy who's kind of, you know, awkward, whatever. He's got the big key and he hands out the thing. What if I could save you money on your car insurance? It's the same thing as Geico. I'm going to save you money on car insurance. One's going to do it if you give me 15 minutes and let us do it online because you don't have to go into an office. That was their unique selling proposition. They did it over the phone. And that's how they were able to do it. Lincoln's doing it. We can do it because we customize your insurance. You only pay for what you need. Mm. Same exact idea. Each of them have a strong what if, mm. but they have a different way they each produce it. Now you're going to decide which one best fits you. Yeah, this is amazing. I love this what if question. Yeah, I it's do. A, it's yeah. incredibly simple and to the point because if you can't get a what if question that gets people to be like, heck yeah, yeah. Then, you, then you don't have it yet. You don't. And, that, and that's why I always say, give me your what if. And then I follow up with this. So how? So how are you going to do it? Right. See, I've had a great what if, but I couldn't figure out the so how. Yeah. I mean, I've had really good ideas. I'm like, man, this one's a winner. And then when I started laying out my business plan, I couldn't get the so how. I couldn't get it to the end. Yeah. Which is, like which the, is, which is the like other FedEx. part of the equation, <laughs> right? Sorry, like what? Like, well, that's like FedEx. This is why I'm like, you know, you deserve to be a billionaire. Uber, guess what? I'm, you're a billionaire. I, that's a great idea. But some people come up with such crazy ideas and they get it to the goal line. Like FedEx, just think about this, 1982, 1983. 
I'm going to get a package delivered anywhere in the world. Oh, by the way, I'm basically going to have to create a worldwide airline. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to need to have trucks there to deliver it. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to, I mean, my head would pop. Like when I hear certain when I hear certain ideas, I'm like, if ever a guy deserves to be a billionaire, Fred Smith does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And ironically, he got a C on that paper in college because yeah. his professor told him it was out of it was he was out of his mind. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. If? He uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's actually the guy who spoke at my college commencement. I was super excited oh, wow. to hear him because I was just like, wow, this guy, what an incredible thing he created. Yeah. <laughs> but based on that, what if question, right? Like yeah. that's the power of that question. Cause there's all these things that people really want, but there's no solution for it. But if you, if you ask the right question, then you can have the opportunity to develop something that actually meets a need. And it, it simplifies everything. It goes even further. So I, this hit me like six weeks ago. I was sitting in my, in my chair and I was what ifing and I was with my teenage son. I just went one business after another. I said, Ford, think about it. What if we could build a car that, the, that a working class American could afford? At the time, you couldn't afford a card like that. But his value proposition was, we're going to make one that's actually affordable. How are we going to do that? They're all going to be black. Yeah. It's going to be one model. And by the way, along the way, I'm going to create an assembly line to make it happen. So how are we going to do it? We need to get our labor costs down. We need to get our speed of production down. So they got a car from like one week down to four hours. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It, that what if followed by, so how are we going to do it? You can build everything about your business off of that because it, it's going to tell you the type of team you need. Certain businesses to pull off that so how, like a FedEx, well, that's pretty impressive. Yep. Yeah. You know, we're Domino's, well, they needed a lot of delivery drivers. Yep. You know, you can't do that with one driver. You got to have really good logistics. And then they made sure that they only served like a seven mile radius. Because mm -hmm. you can't get to 30 minutes or less. They had to, that's when they, you know, the conveyor belt pizza oven. Before you used to take a pizza and stick it in the oven, you know, you kind of looked at it. And, you know, I worked at a pizza place. But McDonald's had the, you know, like the conveyor belt came out in six minutes. So they knew they took the call. They get the pizza set up within one minute. It goes through it. They're done in seven. In the car in eight. You know, gives a guy 22 minutes or girl 22 minutes to deliver it. I mean, you, in other words, when you... You got a great big what if, but now you got to reverse engineer the entire, what, what would it take to make that happen? And, right. it, you, and th that tells you how good your staff has to be. It tells you what kind of staff. It tells you what kind of technology you're going to need, manufacturing you're going to need. It really does lay all the other things. They, they all fall like dominoes when you do that. That's really cool. I got to be honest with you, Dean. I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to look at a business again without <laughs> right. trying to figure out what the what if statement is for that business. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking all kinds of things just as I'm listening here. Like, I, I bet I bet people could even use this what if approach. Like, even if they don't yet have an idea, like, yeah. could you not just listen listen out for problems and almost say like, well, what if I could do something like you've just said with yeah. the FedEx example? I bet if you were stood having a conversation and somebody could go, oh, you know what? I'm sick and tired of my packages like taking three days to reach where I want it. Yeah. Like, you might not have even had an idea, but you go, well, what if we could do that faster? It's, it, listen, you know, Tommy John underwear, what if we can create underwear where you didn't have to pick your nuts? I mean, it's funny. <laughs> third law, third love. What if we can make bras in half size because not every chest is a full, you know, a certain size. I mean, you can go all the way down the line. 
listen, none of my businesses were passion projects. This is going to shock the audience. I do not start a business because I'm passionate about it. Mm. Or if not, I would own a driving range or a golf course and neither one make money. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> they, they don't make money. Every one of my businesses started from a solving a problem. Example, coming out of graduate school, I started a, an auto detailing company at the time, 25 years ago, that was not very common. And, and I work, I, I was selling insurance and I, and I was in a parking lot of really nice cars. And I was like, well, what if I could get, what if I could get my car clean while I was actually in my meeting? Right. Mm. So I said, well, what would it take? Okay. We got to have water in the van. We need to have a, a generator to run the power washer. And I reverse engineer. Listen, I haven't cleaned a car in my entire life. I still haven't. I said, well, how can I get it done? Okay. I'll do a 50, 50 split with the person who actually knows how to clean cars, but I'll market it. I'll make the phone ring. And, and then when you call, you'll, I'll, I'll, I'll hire an answering service. That'll, you know, basically it'll be set pricing 99, 95. Mm. You know, I, I set it up. I made $30,000 a year doing nothing, <laughs> doing right. nothing because it was what, what if I could, what if I can get your car cleaned in the parking lot while you're in a meeting? That was my, what if. I have used it. I have rinsed and repeated Yeah, over and over with all my companies. And it's just, I, I started, I, I, okay. I was setting up my home office for one of my many companies and I could not get anybody to come to my house and like put in recess lights and just do little stuff. All I wanted my dining room, not to look like a picking dining room. <laughs> Nobody showed up on time. The person who did show up would work for like two hours and leave for a reason. And then when they got the bill, it was never what it said. And then I went through a home improvement project, like an addition, and I experienced the same disaster. So I create, what if I could create the perfect home improvement experience? Mm. And then I defined it like this. So that, that's my big, prep, you know, that's my big idea. But what would it look like? Based on my experience, you would get a free estimate within 20, you know, within 48 hours. When you called to get the estimate, you'd speak with somebody knowledgeable, not an answering service. That was critical. So you'd actually speak with somebody who would listen to your project. We'd send a knowledgeable person to give you a free estimate. We'd give you a written, clear estimate. When we started your job, we would stay at your job until we completed it. And we would, we would honor whatever price we gave you. It was very simple. It was like four simple things. Right. When I'm telling you I am the Pablo Escobar of construction, <laughs> I mean, I'm living in a, you know, I'm living in a 9,000 square foot house with a guest house. And if you Google Charlottesville, what a house like that costs, and I couldn't put together a three piece bird house, <laughs> but I know this, I was frustrated with trying to get home improvement stuff done at my house. Yeah. So I started it called advantage handyman at the time, six weeks in, we had 54 phone calls in one week in a town of 60,000. Damn. Wow. And then those customers just came back to me, Sean, you guys did such a great job with this. Why don't you do this? Now I understood marketing. So I got my neighbor, we did a test on her house. We did a bunch of home repairs. She was a news anchor. She did our TV commercial. So she's walking around with the older guy in uniform, taking her through the house and she's just smiling. I know how to market. Yeah. <laughs> so I created the, what if we're gonna create the perfect home improvement experience. What if somebody like this, jolly old, you know, in his fifties, gray, you know, friendly smile. You know, what if we could do all this? I'm telling you guys, I print money. That's amazing. I went from handyman to a roofing division, to a siding division, to 
high-end custom bathrooms. I have an interior designer for the New York Institute of Art that's one of our partners. We have a, you know, I, I have the best partnership group in the world because I don't know any of those things. I find the very best person and I say to them, hey, I'm gonna give you more work than you could possibly do. Partner with me in it, we'll do a 50-50 split. You oversee that division and I will feed it like a dragon. What if I could feed your business like a dragon? Would you be interested in being a partner yeah. with I mean, seriously, if I could give you unlimited <laughs> leads, you know, that would yeah. be it. What if I could give you more leads than you could possibly respond to? What if? Yeah, it's so strong. good. It's so yeah. freaking good, man. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. James, you said, you said a minute ago, you don't think you could look at business the same again. I, I'm questioning life. I'm thinking now, like, what if I didn't have to go home? <laughs> what if I didn't have to do this podcast with Dean anymore? Right. Like all these all of a sudden, the world, the world is very different <laughs> after this conversation. <laughs> so yeah, awesome, Sean. So, all right. So simple, but it works. So, it does, all right. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the, um, the other side of that. You, you alluded to it already a little bit about the, so how, okay. right? So, okay. So what if we, we find this thing where people are super excited about it? Um, it solves a real problem. The, so how, so like, how do you, how do you plan for that aspect of things? Um, the so how, this is where I'll give you how my so how didn't work. Okay. If I can, you know, cause it's going to look really, really simple and you're going to go, wow, I can't believe that didn't work. So obviously I own a home service company, eight divisions, anything you can get in your house. Okay. Well, I had my Viking stove in my house and I called to try to get it serviced. It was like trying to find a one-eyed leprechaun. <laughs> so my immediate thought process was like, well, I've got 20,000 customers that love us how hard will it be to start a, a uh, appliance repair i mean to me it was like okay now i'm thinking i don't even need a business plan for this right i've done this eight times i make millions of dollars i've got my customer base i've got i got it all in place but i do a business plan and you know what i found out in that business plan that every single manufacturer you've got to get certified to service their appliances right I did not know that. And had I not done a business plan, I would have looked like a big idiot. Mm. So I got about a week into it. And then when I realized, when I started going into my due diligence process, that you need to be, so, you know, if I'm going to do Bosch, I need to have somebody be certified with Bosch. Right, and right. Next, I realized you need to have trucks pretty well set up. So you can't, you got to hire somebody with like 15 years experience minimum who's really I felt like I would have been hostage. We're hiring a handyman or a roofer or a painter. I can get the, I could replace that person in 48 hours. I have a, I have already decided. I don't want anybody, I don't want any business that I can't replace a person within two days and move on. Right. That's one of my right. axioms. Mm. So I knew regarding this, um, you know, appliance repair, even though it's, it looked like the perfect fit. It looked like it could not fail. Within five, you know, questions into my business plan, I was like, whoa. Man, didn't see that one coming. Well, I love, I love what you're saying there too because you're practicing what you preach, right? It's right. not like you get to a certain point and you're just smarter than the market. There's still, you still got to go through the process and figure out like, can this business plan survive the scrutiny of these questions? And mine couldn't because one of my axioms, and you got to have things where you back away, is that I knew that if I hire a person, this person has me completely over a barrel, that there will be a period for the first couple of years. If that person quits, I don't have a business anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't want, I, it wasn't worth it to me. It wasn't, again, I have, you know, 25 years in business. I have certain axioms 
that I follow. And that one violated one of mine. And I put it in the business plan. How it's called hiring easiness. Yes. Okay. You know, the team you need, this is what I want you to start doing. Now. I want you to start doing some sample interviews. I want you to see how hard it is to fill that position. I want you to see what you have to pay in your area. Well, you might be in one area and you think, well, I can get this person for 20 bucks an hour. Then you find it's like finding a one-eyed leprechaun. And mm. if you find one, you got to pay him 40 bucks an hour. So you think you can provide this service for point A, but because mm. you're located in Ishbuktu, Michigan, <laughs> and, and nobody's there to do it, it changes everything. And that's why a business plan, one simple example, I remember Norman Schwarzkopf when we did not go into Baghdad the first time, okay? Good bit of advice for people because I love what he said. And Colin Powell. They go, well, you know, we, we blew everything up around Iraq. We got right to Baghdad. This is 1991 Gulf War. And we stopped. And why did we stop? Because Norman Schwarzkopf, the general, and Colin Powell said, we didn't basically know what we were going to do once we got in. We didn't know how we'd get out. Because we knew once we crossed that, right. once we went into the Capitol, and we found this out, you know, spending about eight years there, 15 years there in the last 20, they knew then, once we cross into the main city, we were not sure how we would get out. How we never saw, you know, it, it wasn't visible. You know, it, was, it wasn't worth it. Mm -hmm. and, and that's sometimes you get into a business and you go, man, is it worth it? I don't, I don't see myself getting it. I, I, I start, you know, pieces of the business start becoming very cloudy to me. I want right. to see everything. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's, yeah. that's freaking awesome. Um, so just as we, uh, just, as we kind of wind down, yeah. um, what, what do you, what were some of the questions or one of the key questions that you have in the marketing plan? I was really interested to hear something that you might have to say about that. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the number one thing you've got to ask yourself, and I don't even have to look at it, is it, how are you going to attract your car customers? Yep. So really simple. I just asked, well, no, no, I understand you, your target, let's just say for conversation's sake, in the book, I teach you what a target customer is. Who's most likely to buy from you? Okay, let's just say that's what it is. My target customer is a homeowner, typically over the age of 35. Okay, that's typically yep. the ideal person for one of my companies. Now, other companies has a different target must customer. How am I going to attract them? Yeah. So I teach them who their target customer is, how are you going to attract them? I mean, how you attract a, a millennial and how you attract a 60-year-old is different. I mean, you look at like, listen, go to the Fox Channel, MSNBC, and look at all the stuff Pat Boone is pushing. Hmm. Over 70, you know, it's the walk-in tub. It's the, you know, relief factor. Their target customer is over, is a retiree. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't, you're not going to market that on the comedy channel. Yep. It's not going to be on MTV. It's not <laughs> right. going to be digital. It's going to be traditional TV marketing and or radio. The point is you have to be confident that you can attract your target customer. Mm, yeah. That's marketing. Awesome. At the end of the day, how are you going to attract and sell your product and or service? Please tell me that because if you can't tell me, it's not going to work. Yeah. You're, uh, you're, eventually, you're going to be stuck. And that's going to every business goes out of business for one reason. They don't sell enough of their product or service to stay in business. It's a incredible phenomenon. Let's go through it. Sears, JC Penney, circuit city, 
Toys R Us. We can keep going all the way down the line and we ain't going to stop. What yeah. happened? They stopped attracting enough customers to sell enough to stay in business, to meet their obligations. Somebody else offered a better value proposition, took away their customers, and life goes on. They go out and one stays in. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Sean, this is amazing, man. Um, Dean, we're going to wrap up here in a second. What, uh, what do you have to say besides a what if question? Yeah, no, just, uh, I, I, I need to, I want to order your book. I feel like there's a, uh, I it's, feel like I want to unpack I'm giving it away for free. What? All right. Virus, tell yeah, tell people about this. Free. Yeah. Just go to my website during the virus. You can get a free digital copy and it's actually the best version anyway, because you can actually type out the business plan in my physical book on like page 40. I say to them, here's where you can get the digital copy because it's the most valuable yeah. version because you can actually <laughs> type out your whole business plan. So I'm giving it away. If you go to my site, I don't sell anything to you. Uh, just go to SeanCastrina.com. It's right at the top. Get the book. It's an $18 book on Amazon, uh, World's Greatest Business Plan. It's, it'll, it's a game changer. Fantastic. For so for those of you guys who are listening, the, the link will be in the show notes, but it's Sean Castrina, S-E-A-N-C-A-S-T-R-I-N-A.com. And you can, like, there is no reason to not right. immediately go and download a copy of this book and increase the odds of your success in business. Right. And even if you have a business too, just real quickly, even if you have a business, there's a good chance for you to, through this virus, to reboot a little bit and see what your new value proposition might need to be. Well, that's yeah. what that, that's one of the things I was going to say. I, I feel this is a, you know, we've obviously focused on people going in with a new business plan, new idea. Like I can't wait to actually just step back and do this now for my company right now to get, yeah. to get that clarity. That, that what if has been a, such a simple, but huge, huge thing from this discussion. I yeah, can't no. wait to just go back and say, and get clear on what my proposition is, get clear on what my plan is and how I'm doing it. Well, yeah, it's, my it's my next book. <laughs> what if I'm working on it right now? Because right. I, I do. I think it's a game. It's the two simplest words in business, but no two. No, there's nothing that will provide more clarity. That's that's awesome. Well, when you're uh, when you're ready to talk about the what if book, we'd like to have you back to talk about that. And in the meantime, everybody needs to go to seancastrina.com, download World's Greatest Business Plan. You've heard a fraction of the brilliance that's contained inside of that book and how you can go through those questions either to start a new idea, strengthen an existing idea, or just make sure that you're aligned in the best way possible to increase the odds of your success. Um, Sean, thanks so much for being here, man. This oh, has been absolutely be awesome. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for listening to us. We appreciate you guys. Make sure that you are tuning into us live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Go to justatipshow.com to find out more information on the live stream. This is James P. For Real signing off for me and my co-host, Mr. Dean Holland, on another episode of Just Tips. We will talk with you guys next time. Later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justatipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, -day, visit me for free training and resources at jamesbfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.